0: Hey, family, it's Pastor Travis, and I am so excited about this week's message. Listen, you need to turn up your phone, your car, however you're listening, because it's about to go down. I pray today you are inspired and that your faith is increased. If you want to partner with the awesome vision of Forward City Church, go now to forwardcity.tv slash give to get involved. Hey, I love you. Remember, your past is gone. Your future is waiting. So prepare to move forward. to Forward City Live. It is a great day to be blessed of the Lord. Does anybody believe that the blessing of the Lord is in this place? I believe that the blessing of the Lord is reaching for you wherever you are, whether that's in your living room, in your bed, wherever you are. God is reaching right now to see you, to know you. I want you to know that there is no one that is insignificant to God. It is his desire to see every person and let you know how much you matter to him. He demonstrated that on the cross. And I just wanted to bring that back to your remembrance, that what God did on Calvary was a representation of your value. I pray that you feel loved today, that you feel significant. And I want you to know that here at Ford City Church, you matter to us. We want to know where you're coming in from. Can you drop your locations? I know we got South Carolina in the building. All of the Ford City tribe make some noise on, in the comments. Yes, we know that we have people from Africa and Asia all over the world literally looking for God to make kingdom impact in their life each and every Sunday. So I'm excited to jump into the word. We are Y'all excited about the word? Yeah. Amen. No. Amen. We have been in an amazing series called Oil and Water. Has anybody been blessed by Oil and Water? What is- This has been a series where we've been talking about the endless supply of God. I want you to know that we serve a matchless, a limit, a God that never runs out. He is sufficient in every way. Whatever deficit you have, God is full of that thing. My husband has been saying something that is really impactful to me, and it's that God is not just a resource. He is the source. Has anybody seen him supply in your life? Make ways out of no ways. I'm telling you, God has stepped into my life time and time and time again, just allowing me to know that he is full of everything that I might be deficient in and when I was thinking about just abundance and lots, uh, a whole bunch of stuff the thing that came to mind was like a feast or a platter a whole bunch of food and it's funny how every time I think about a whole bunch of food I always think about my mother-in-law my mama green puts it down in the kitchen anybody ate some mama green food When I tell you she doesn't even know how to make a little, if Mama Green steps into your house and she steps in your kitchen, you already know that you will be exceedingly blessed. It won't be one option. There will be multiple options on the table. And the good thing is it'll never be anything that's not good. Somebody needs to know that when God shows up, if Mama Green can do it, when God shows up, he comes with plenty in his hands. Like He is full of joy, full of peace, full of might. He's full of every single thing we need. And I'm sure that there are many of you out there that love to cook. If I have any amazing cooks, I would love to shout you out. Salutes from me, because I'm telling you, I'm not one of those girls. Anybody in here cook well? Hey, man, we got Pastor Nikki, Danar, Pastor Denar. See, some people just... I, PT, he he rising in his cooking abilities. Amen. He rising. It's levels. It's levels. Mama Green all the way up here for me. And I'm just telling you, she does an amazing job in the kitchen. But if I would just say for myself, cooking is not really necessarily my thing. But I can tell you that God always has a place for everybody to do something. So I'm generally a part of the put away store cleanup crew, right? And after big feasts like Thanksgiving or a cookout, the thing that becomes the issue when it's time to put up food or or to store food is finding the right containers to put each and everything. Anybody just been frustrated because you couldn't find the right Tupperware? I need the right Tupperware to fit in the right space to fit in the, you know, to fit in the refrigerator with all the different things. And it's so beautiful how when we're looking for Tupperware, oftentimes we'll think about, especially when we want to pour in a lot of food or uh, put a whole bunch of stuff in a situation, the thing that makes the Tupperware valuable is the amount of empty space that is necessary that you are able to fill. Oftentimes we don't think about that um, empty can sometimes be something that is actually valuable. Yeah. In the moment where you're looking and you're saying, God, I have so much. I got baked beans. I got a, a big turkey. And see, the container that would fit a turkey is not the same container that will fit, fit baked beans because they have different substances. They have different things that, they're, you know, Bait beans are really flowy. Turkeys, they're huge, they're large, they're robust. And so the type of container that you'll need to be able to fit the turkey versus the bait beans, they're different. But one thing that is similar about both things in terms of a container that you need is that you need space. In order to be able to feel anything, there has to be space there in order to be to be able to place what the Father has placed in your hand to put in it. Whatever food Mama Green then cooked up. She has to have us to be able to provide her with containers in order to store and not lose the value or lose the nutrients or lose or waste anything that she's taking time and delight in preparing. It's delicious food. And God is kind of saying that same thing to us today. Maybe take a different look and different approach at the empty spaces that he's trying to create in our life to be able to fill. Oftentimes we have this old way of thinking and believing that when we don't have enough or we have an insecurity or we have a weakness in the area, we actually look at it as lack. But could it be that the abundant life that God is talking about for us to live actually has in mind empty spaces? I want to speak today from the subject of empty spaces. God is saying that no matter the type of food what or the specific type of container one thing that always has to be true is that every container that you want to use the whole a thing it must have an empty space. Yeah. And it is a prerequisite when we're getting ready to feel anything, to have space available for God to occupy. He's asking us today, would you create space for me? This is what I'm doing, Pastor Martez, in this season. You've been asking me, why, God, do I feel void in this area? Why do I keep coming up to this situation that feels like it's pulling or taking from me? He said, I'm just creating empty space, daughter. I'm just creating empty space, son. Don't worry, I am going to feel in these spaces exactly what is necessary in this time. Don't be afraid of the empty space is what God is saying. Don't look at it as lack. He says in the place where you're lacking, I'll be full of the thing that you need. Don't be afraid of the empty space. We were on a prayer call this morning and my husband, as well as when God was speaking to me, just kept talking about I am empty in the field. In every, every season, in every area, and every time you find yourself void of a place, the Father allows things like people to remove themselves and betrayals and times of not being able to do things in your own strength and in your own might in order to fill that spot with his ability. Do you recognize that you would not even know his ability in situations if it was already full and God steps in? God stepping in doesn't matter as much. But when you have a void space, when you have a need, when you're looking and you're desperate and you know that if you try with your best might, you're not able. When Jesus, the all-sufficient one, Jehovah Jireh, steps on the scene, he steps in with a different type of character. And your gratitude for him stepping in means something totally different. He's asking us, be okay with the empty spaces because it's all a part of my abundant plan. Would you be okay with the empty spaces? Why did you let that thing go wrong? Why did that betrayal happen? He says, it's to create space for me. And not just for me to come in and feel a little. I want to come in and feel abundantly. Would somebody be okay with the empty spaces today? I don't want you to see it as lack, daughter. I don't want you to see it as lack, son. I want to step into that place and be sufficient for my grace to be sufficient right there. I I'm just challenging you to be the empty tupperware today. Would you open yourself up and recognize that God has a, a bread, like give us this day our daily bread of food yeah. that he wants to nourish us with, that he wants to place on the inside of us for us to store up the nutrients that he is so intentionally prepared for us in each and every season. I think we've been fighting God being able to come close because we've been filling ourselves with stuff that will never satisfy. He's asking us to let me create space because in that space of lack and emptiness, and void, I'll step in and create a miracle that will change your life. He showed us this in a text that I want to be able to open up for you all today and just bring to light how God will draw near when he sees an empty space to come in and be the void filler and to be an all-sufficient God, one that will leave you wanting nothing. He said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is, is good and he's wanting us to see that we're not able to see that without giving him opportunity to step into our spaces to step into our void places. I want to take a look at Luke 5, 1 through 11. Luke 5, 1 says, One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats on the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them um, and were washing their nets. Verse 3, Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it, onto, push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and he taught the crowds from there. Verse 4 says, when he finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it is deeper. Somebody say deeper Deeper. and let down your nets to catch some fish. Verse five, Master Simon Peter replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, somebody say, "But but if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time the nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help rocked their partners in the other boat. And soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. And when Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I am such a sinful man. For he he was awestruck by the number of fish he had caught and as, as were the others with him. Verse 10 says his partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid from now on. You'll be fisher of people. As soon as as soon as, the land, as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. This text for me blew wide open my understanding that God can take an empty thing. He can take our striving. He can take our lack. He can take our lack of sufficiency and be that in surplus for us. It, I want to just start by looking at verses 1 through 3. And I want to take this slowly because I want y'all to get all of the nourishment that God gave me out of this text. Verse 1 says... One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. And what God brought to light for me in the very beginning was that he said one day, I want you to understand that we sometimes think it's arbitrary, the setup that God has. There is a specific and divine day and time in which God decides, I'm going to step in and handle that thing. I'm going to step in and heal that place that you've been dealing with. Come here, woman, with the issue of blood. See, the reality is there was a day on the appointed schedule. I don't care if it lasted 12 years and you've been looking to doctors and you've been looking to relationships and you've been looking to all these other things. There is a one day on his divine calendar that he's looking for you to have space for him to come in and do exactly what he's wanting to do. It's a divine moment, a specific situation that God is wanting to fill your empty space. But what I want to tell you is just like the woman with the issue of blood and just like this in this verse, he said, there was a great crowd pressing to hear him teach. There are times, even when it's divine, that you have to be so aware of the Father's ability to see him and hear him teaching that you might have to press in and say, Daddy, I think I hear you talking and not move away, understanding that there is a divine time, that you've not been put in this situation for no reason. If you're there, there is something to gain. Would you just press a little bit harder to hear the thing that the Father? saying because I'm telling you if you hear a word from the master that instruction will be life for you it will fill the empty spaces in you It'll fill the empty spots, the voids that you would have without allowing the father to come close. You've been dealing with that issue in your marriage over and over again and time and time again. And he's saying, there is still a one day on my calendar. I want somebody to know not to give up. You might be fainting right now, but there is a one day on God's calendar that sees you and knows right there, girl, right there, daughter. I'm going to step in and do just what I promised you. There is a one day. Somebody say one day. day. I won't lose hope because I believe in the one day. day. I believe that God will still do it one day. I believe that he'll still give me that baby one day. I believe that he'll still show up right when I need him one day. It is hope when you understand that there's still one day. There is still hope when you recognize that he hasn't forgotten. He is a God that inclines his ears to the righteous and he hears you, daughter. He hears you, son. He's saying, just believe in my one day. There is divine timing. There is specificity in every circumstance that I place you in. Verse two, verse two got really good. He says he noticed two empty boats at the water's edge for fishermen had left them as they were washing their nets. And what I recognize is, The Bible says that he noticed two empty boats. He noticed two empty boats on the shore. The question I had was, was there other boats on the shore that were too full to be seen by God? Were there other boats that might have, in their own might, in their own strip, caught the fish the night before? It, but it caused them to be unqualified for God to be able to step in because it was no space for him. They had did it in their own strength. Oh, I, I got the business. I built the house. I did it all on my own. And So there's no more room for him. He is looking for a specific posture, a, a specific state of being when he draws close, for him to enter in and allow himself to step into That's your boat. So good. He says, I noticed that there were two empty boats on the shore and sometimes could it be that us creating our own abundance, our own counterfeit success causes the father to repel us rather than come close. He says, would we allow him to do the abundant life in us and not us try to create it ourselves? He says, I'll give you the abundance. I'm looking for an empty boat to step into. I am looking for an empty place to step into. And I got a question for you Is your marriage too full of what you think for him to step into it? Is your prayer life too full of all the things that you feel like he should have done And enough to, like, Daddy, I feel like you should have done it already. Daddy, I feel like I'm insignificant. I feel like I'm not qualified. And you can't hear him stepping into your boat to speak because you're too full of your own thoughts and your own ways. He's saying, would you empty these spaces that I might have room to step in? I'm, I'm noticing the empty places. I'm noticing the empty spaces where you would trust me to not have it all figured out. Where you'll say, Daddy, I know nothing other than Christ and him crucified. Would you have the empty void, the humility to understand that I can't feel it all. Only he can come into the space and bring what's necessary. I want the abundant life that comes from Jesus. I want the abundant life that comes from Jesus. God is saying, would you allow me to step into your empty space? Woo, this thing got good to me. Mm -hmm. Is your marriage too full of what you think? Mm -hmm. Is your prayer life too full of what you think? Not only... Is he looking for empty space? But when we look at our lives, there is a specific posture every time. Where's humility? He says that he resists the proud, but he draws close to the humble. He's looking for a speci- like there are specifics when he got ready to use this boat or use this man or create this miracle situation that will be net breaking and God multiplying. He is looking for a specific type of person that would not understand that in humility God, I can say I don't have it together and not feel like I'm lacking anything because i know. know. know you're full of all of it he says would you create a space for me to step into your boat that's what verse 3 says it says stepping into one of the boats Jesus asked Simon its owner to push it onto it push it push it on into the water so he sat down on the boat he taught the crowd God got me with verse 3 he says that without the space there would have never been an opportunity for me to step into your world to ask the question that I need to ask that change your whole life There have been moments where we've been wondering, Daddy, where is the answer to my situation? He's saying, you've never created enough space for me to come in and ask you the thing that'll change it all. He says, without the space, I don't step onto Simon Peter's boat. I know he owned it, but the reality is, is I own everything. And I gave it to him first for him to be able to make a space for me to be able to step back into it and bring what I am desiring. The question that I have today is, are you willing to obey when you don't see that there's anything in it for you? See, in the moment of verse 3, all Jesus did was give Simon Peter an in instruction. He says, push out into the water. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't understand or unveil the full setup of this miracle that he's trying to do. Are you willing to sacrifice and be a blessing when you don't see anything in it for you? There are so many people that don't understand the principle of sowing and reaping and that you've been blessed to be a blessing. The reality is, is every time you obey, provision is a setup. It's coming to you. Every time you obey the simple instruction, you are drawing the father closer to you that as you bless others, he'll bless you. He says that we sometimes think that our insecurities and our lack are disappointments but the reality of the disappointment of yesterday the disappointment of him not catching anything actually was a setup for the appointment of God because if he would have had boat, i mean he would have had fish filling that boat God would have never been able to choose that boat to use He says that disappointment, you thought, God, I tried with my best efforts. I did the best I knew how. And He's saying, perfect, perfect. It's a setup for me to step in and do what I want to do. And as I was thinking about these insecurities we have and the lack that we sometimes see, and we fight the thorn in our flesh, like, Daddy, why can't you just take this from me? He's saying, son and daughter, it will be this thing that causes you to be chosen by me. Come here, Travis Green this little speech impediment or this list that that happened. See what y'all don't know is when intentional hit the scene, God actually had a radio personality to hear this weird sound and he knew that there was a specific man attached to it. Travis Green was unforgettable because of what might have looked like a lack or a deficit or an abnormality. He said, I'll use it all if you hand it over to me. I will create abundance with what you look at as lack of insecurity. I'm telling you, the disappointment of yesterday sets you up for the appointment of today. I want to step into your lack, your insecurity, your thing that you feel like disqualifies you and I'll use that very thing. You tried all night. Awesome. That's great. Now it gives me the opportunity to step in and do exactly what I want to do. And simple instruction, he says, or so it seems. A simple instruction, or so it seems. You see, we see that we, we are actually when we obey God, stepping into the ability to go and follow into a move of God. In verse four, it talks about how he didn't say to to push out onto the water. He said, push out into the water. I just understood that when you think about water, you think about motion. You think about a move of God. And it would have been easy for God to say, just put your boat out there. But when he says step in, like to push out into it, he's asking us to become one with the move of God that he's created in the earth. And he doesn't want us to be apart from it. You know how sometimes you're in the midst of a revival. Tent revival is coming, and you can be in the building but not be in the move. He's asking for us to become one with the thing that he's doing by simply obeying the instruction. If he tells you to raise a hallelujah or simply raise your hand or take off running or whatever the simple instruction is he's saying do that simple thing and it will allow you to enter into the move of God that I am trying to usher in this moment he wants us to understand that no instruction is simple when it comes from the master's voice so no instruction is just a simple instruction it's always a setup for the move of God it's always a setup for God's move verse 4 goes into he says when he finished speaking he said Simon Now, go out where it's deeper and let down your nets for a catch so you can catch some fish. And what I understood is what I was talking about earlier. God knew from the very beginning when he asked him to push out into the water that he was actually setting up to do something specific for Simon. The reality that God unveils his instruction step by step for us just to see if we're willing to obey and we're willing to be a part of a kingdom agenda, not so focused on our own thing. See, it was. Think about if Simon Peter had said, no, oh, no, I I need to go out there and try again on my own or no, I got other things to do. Maybe I'm just going to throw away this boat and I'm going to pick up a car because that's what I think I'm supposed to do. That's on my vision board. And I got to have that before 2020. So, you know, like going out here and letting you preach and do the thing that you want to do, God, I don't really see anything in that for me. And so because I think that I'm all knowing and I'm Jesus Junior, I'm going to decide to go my own way. You know how we do. We make a decision like I don't see anything in actually having devotion and time with you. so I gonna get up and, you know, the early bird get the worm. So I'm going to go make my own provision. I'm going to go make my own way. He's saying if you would obey my simple instruction, you would enter into a move of God that in his move, there is provision. I want you to understand that he is desiring to come close to you to be able to fill you with everything that's necessary. The beautiful thing is after a simple instruction, God is always looking to take us from glory to glory to glory to glory. The next thing in verse four is he says to go a little bit deeper after this simple instruction of just obeying to understand that I'm going to use you right now to bless other people. But in order to get the thing that I'm trying to do in you, you're going to have to give me a little more faith. Let's launch out a little bit deeper is the thing that he asked for in verse four. He says, now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets for some fish. Simon Peter. The beautiful thing about verse 5 is Simon Peter, he calls him by the right name. He says, Master, Simon Peter replied. We worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. And that sounds like so many of us. We we hear the Father asking something of us. You're saying go deeper, but Daddy, I tried that already. You're saying go deeper, but Daddy, the last time I did it, I failed. He's saying, but the beautiful thing is even in the midst of being able to tell God about everything he tried, he knew what to call him. He said, Master. And see, what I want you to understand is in every situation. God isn't practicing. He's a master of that thing. Yeah, you might be a fisherman and you might have stepped out here and you might have got success sometime and you might have got failure other times, but God is the master of the seas. See, the winds and the waves obey him. He says that if I tell you to go deeper in the water, surely I'll bring forth net breaking, multiplying fish that you won't have room enough to receive. He says, call me master even in the moments when you doubt. Call me master even in the moments where you don't see a way. He says, after this, when I understand that daddy, I've done all that I know how to do. But if you say so, see this was a game changer. This was a shift of the whole text. The moment what Simon Peter said God I'm looking at everything that I was able to do I'm looking at my deficits I'm looking at my void I'm looking at my empty places I'm looking at my insecurities but if you say so if you're able to give God a if you say so you're able to get everything that God has in, pl- in store for you he said give me your trust yield to me even when you've done your best shot I know that I left you out there so to speak I left you out there to create room for it, if you say so I left you out there in your marriage to give me a. but if you say so God if you tell me to get down on my knees and pray if you say so I'll do it if you tell me to not to fast and pray and not give up if you say so even if I've done it for a long time the willingness to yield to give God but if you say so understanding that he's master He is Savior and he is Lord. When I tell you he is King of kings and Lord of lords, he is El Elyon. He is the God Almighty. He is um, El Shaddai, the All-Sufficient One. His ways are not our ways, nor his thoughts are our thoughts. As far as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are his ways higher. And when he is calling you into a moment, no matter how long you've done it, woman with the issue of blood, no matter how long you stood out there all night, fisherman, I'm telling you, I am a master of the sea, and I can step into your situation to give you exactly what you need if you give me a if you say so. I know I know they left, but give me a if you say so. I know you feel disqualified, but if you say so. I know it costs this amount, but God, if you say so. That's what he is calling us to in prayer. He says, I know that you got your own narrative. I I know that you looked at this and you said it's impossible, but in the moment of prayer, it's the exchange of what I did for if you say so. He is still reaching for you to give him an if you say so, master. If you say so, in the moment of if you say so, you begin to see the father rightly understanding that in the moment of need, in a moment of testing, seeing God in the proper view of master, you know that he's not guessing what what he's calling you to do. He's not guessing with what he's calling you to do. And he's asking you, let your net down again, daughter. Let your net down again, son. I know that you've given your best attempts. I know that you tried hard all night, but baby, would you do it again? Beyond the disappointments, beyond the thinking of your own logical way of looking at the thing, beyond your beyond your narrative of your family. Would you give me? But God, if you say so, I'll do it. If, if you say so, Daddy, I'll give you just what you need. Verse six, and this time their nets were so full of fish that they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. Mm-hmm. At the other side of if you say so, because that's the hard thing to give in prayer. Mm-hmm. At the other side of, but God, if you say so, Master, if you say so, it is net breaking boat sinking type of abundance I want you to understand and hear me when I say this he is not asking for the hard thing for no reason when you give him the thing that is most hard when you give him a thing that's most precious he says that's when I'm able to step in with the full expression of my power and do exactly what I want to do I don't want to step in a little bit I don't want you to just get my hand I want you to get my face I want you to get every part of me because when I step in there not only does a source step in but not only does a resource step in but these source steps into your boat I want you to give me an if you say so so that I can give you net breaking multiplying overflow type blessing I have not only you in mind when I'm calling you to give that but if you say so I have every partner every child every every generation and generation and generation attached to you to attach to that ability to give that deeper level of trust to lunch out further it's not just about you he wants it for your legacy's sake. He wants it for the kingdom's sake because when I step up, being able to say, I know your master, even when I didn't have it in my ability, in my own flesh, in my own ability, I couldn't do it on my own. But when I recognize you to be master, when you step in, all the forward cities start flowing. Oh, somebody, when you step in, God, everything changes. When you step in, I'm talking about, there is nothing lacking, missing, or broken. And this is what the abundant life actually looks like. It's not when we create the spaces that causes him to stay away because he doesn't have a room to step in. It's when we create a space for him to step in that we have the abundance. Mm. He has given us a new perspective on actually living the life and life more abundantly. Yeah. Mm. Verse five was a setup for the net breaking, and multiplying and overflow. Mm. Wow. Not only that, he had verse seven in mind where he's going to have to call his partners toward him. Mm. He says, I have everybody in mind when I get ready to bless you. I told you in the beginning, your blessing is not just about you. You are blessed to be a blessing. I want to fill your empty spaces with me. In verse 8, it exposes it, it exposes them to this awe-striking ability. They say in verse 8, like, I didn't believe that I could catch this many fish. Like, how many times has God stepped into your situation? Come come here, Jace. So I'm laying in a hospital bed, and they didn't think I would la- last a day. I lasted for seven weeks because God stepped into the empty space of my womb being open and me leaking fluid. And God is saying, I want to do that time and time again. I don't want a memorial just of, oh, Jace, I want to step into your new situation, Jackie. Just like when you're preaching. I want to be able to do the new thing right here, right now, because if I step in again and you learn to trust me again, to give me a if you say so again, I'll do the same thing I did the last time. You know, that six year old that is living and moving and breathing and walking and talking. I can do that in your marriage. And I'm no respect to person. See, this isn't just about you. It's about every person watching. It's about every person watching, knowing that I want to multiply and I want to overflow and I want to do the exceedingly abundantly in all of our lives. See, the ultimate win was in verse 10. It was in verse 10. I want to read what it says. It says um, right here. It says his partners, James and John, the sons of David were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon. Don't be afraid from now on. You will be fishing for people. What I want you to know is when God comes in and he steps in, he doesn't step in to do a one-time miracle. What he does in your life when he steps in is he's trying to take you to another dimension of glory. He doesn't want to just do a little thing like break your boat and give you drowning fish. He wants to take you to another level of using the gift and using the call that he's placed on the inside of you. He says, "Baby, it wasn't just about giving you more fish. I want to make you fisher of men." And not only would I do that, but I will cause everybody around you to look with amazement to ask what and who have you resourced to be able to give you that type of oil to be able to give you that type of grace it is about more than just a moment he is setting us for a lifetime blessing after blessing after blessing on top of blessing i love that he didn't let it stay at just giving them more fish he says son I know you are, you're, you're trying to look at yourself as a sinful man, but now I see you as an elevated call to be a fisher of man. I want to give you your rightful perspective of who you are. I don't want you to stay with your head down, understanding that when I step in, I'm not stepping in to condemn. I am stepping in to admire and to lift up. Because, see, when you bring yourself low, I exalt you and make you high. I do things with you that you cannot do without me otherwise. After encounter, verse 11 closes this amazing text. After an encounter with the Lord, where he's changed the game, he has not just blessed you for a moment, but blessed you for a lifetime. The most most crucial thing that happens after you encounter and come into the the space and to uh, uh, encounter an intimate moment with the Father is to radically follow and obey. He says in verse 11, as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. The call. I want you to hear me clearly. The call after encountering the Father is to radically obey him, to give him a lifestyle. But God, if you say so, Master, I know in my own strength I've done this, but if you say so, I will live that way. I will not go back to mixing in my own armor of flesh, in my own armor and strength that I think that I can do anything. I will lay down every other way and every other thing that I used to use to try to fill my spaces and understand that anytime I feel a void space in my life, anytime I feel a space of lack or insecurity. I understand that it's a setup for the all-sufficient one, the God that is almighty, that's able to come into every deficient place and be the God that will supply when I make the decision to follow his way. The challenge today is to no longer look at your empty spaces as void. Don't look at them as lack. Don't look at them as being insufficient, but recognize it's the setup for a great God. It's a set up for a God that desires nothing more than to come close to you and be everything you need. He did that on Calvary. He laid it. He stretched out his arms wide for you to understand that I would do anything to be able to be everything you needed. I would stop at nothing to come close to you, son, to come close to you, daughter, and I'm calling you by name today. Would you let me get on your boat? Would you create space for me again? Would you return back to your first love? Would you... Silence the way that you think, your logic, your abilities to allow me to step onto your, vo- your boat. Would you allow me to be space, to step into your spaces and do exactly what I'm desiring and do? God is not intimidated by our empty spaces. He sees them as a place for him to show the full expression of his power. Second Corinthians 12 and nine. He says, my grace is sufficient for thee. For in your weakness, my power is made perfect. That's the message of God being this limitless provider. He says, well, if you would start to boast all the more gladly about your weaknesses, I'll be able to step in and fill every one of those spaces. Amen. I'm challenging somebody right now to stop looking at your insecurity or you looking at your thorn as a bad thing, but being the God drawer, to being the thing that God looks at and says, yeah, right there, that's where I'm going to step into her life and show her that I'm master and I'm Lord. I pray that this word blessed you. I pray that you would recognize that he is sufficient in the places where you're you're in deficit. I pray that you would take the moment to pause to understand that if you will give him, but if you say so, he's able to step in and do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask or think. I love you all. If there's anybody right now watching and you know that you felt this word right in your heart, you know that God was calling you by name because you've been trying with your best attempts and your greatest might to be able to do it all on your own. I want to be successful, God. I want to be significant. God right now has called you by name. He has created a message to be able to speak directly to your heart for you to know that I see you, daughter. I see you, son. I know you and I desire. It would please me more. Than, there would be nothing that would please me more than to come close to you and to be your Lord, to be your Savior, to be your Abba, to be your provision and your daddy. Mm -hmm. I challenge you right now, if your heart is beating fast and you know that you have to give up on trying to do it your own way, that you would shoot your hand up with an emoji, you would write in the comments, I want to be saved. There will be somebody from our prayer team that will reach out for you. And I want to tell you this, we celebrate you because it's the best season of your life and it's the best decision that you'll ever make. I want to pray with you if you made that choice. Would you bow your heads with me and repeat after me? Father God, thank you, thank you for saving me. For saving me. Thank you, thank you for, being for being full of what I lack. What I lack. Thank, you God thank you, God, for coming in, for coming in and, cleansing and cleansing me of all my sins. Of all my sins. I confess you, I confess you as, the Lord of my life, as the Lord of my life, and I give you permission, I give you permission to reign. To reign. Give, me give me all of you, God, of you. Not, just some, not just some, all of you. All of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like to commit your life to Jesus, pray this simple prayer with me. God, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins, and I believe that you got up so that I don't have to stay down. Come into my heart. Change me from the inside out. Now I am saved forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you prayed this prayer for the first time or if you rededicated your life, I am so very proud of you and you are not alone. Head over now to forwardcity.tv slash brand new. Remember that your past is gone. Your future's waiting. So move forward. I love you.